Hello, this is the third and final bonus episode featuring people who told their stories to Ben Pawson at the ACID 2018 Conference Story Booth in Queensland. I'm Hilary Johnson, as always. These stories are all about human rights for everyone, which also relates to the theme of the conference. The other two bonus episodes looked at what people with intellectual disabilities do and how they advocate. Have a listen if you haven't already. Links are in the show notes. And I'm Sophia Tipping. I'll be keeping you and Hillary company. Again, we're going to try and link the stories to some of the research from ACID publications to show how the current research relates to what people are talking about. Other research is available on these topics too. In fact, we'd love you to point us in the direction of any you know of. Tweet us using the hashtag ACIDPOD. That's A-S-I-D-P-O-D. Ben talked to the no-nonsense Madeleine Ellers, who represented Australia at the 1992 Paralympics and the 2000 Special Olympics. There's actually a recent paper on the Special Olympics in JIDD. Shirley Werner found that participation in the Special Olympics was a very positive experience, not just for athletes, but also their siblings and family members too. Well, Ben caught this Special Olympian just before one of the sessions started. She told Ben about her work after the Games. Um, I went to the university coaching people who want to learn to be the coaches of us disabilities. And what did you tell them about what's different about coaching people with disabilities? Be more patient with us because a lot of people don't have patience to it. So, Were there any special tips you gave them for how you should treat people with? Just treat us how you like to get treated yourself. And is that how you like to be treated? In the community I do. And on the buses, they treat me as good as they can. Some people look at you like they're going to catch your disability, but it's stupid, I reckon. But it's good in the long run. Everyone knows me where I live, so... Where do you live? Kayshiridge in Brisbane. And up the Broncos. Another hot topic for self-advocates is parenting rights. The right to be a parent received a lot of attention at the conference. It was also a hot political issue raised by many of the people with intellectual disability we talked to about politics and voting. I'll link to the episode in the show notes. My name is Ian Barry and I'm with Speak Out Tasmania. How's the conference going for you? The conference is going great. A lot of great people and a lot of great information. Speak Out Tasmania is an advocacy organisation. What's your most interesting area that you advocate about? I'm what they classed as a um, community educator and the most interesting area is about getting easy English and welfare services to understand that parents with an intellectual disability are caring and capable parents. So what are the, some of the challenges? You said you've got some friends that are, are parents? Um, yes, yeah, some of the challenges are that mainstream services and welfare services have hard to understand language, um, writing and things even like parenting courses are really hard to understand and being able to accomplish certain things with having an intellectual disability is easy. I find it easy and a lot of other my friends with intellectualism find it easy. It's the services and the 
the organisations sometimes are the ones that are making it hard. So you gave me a sticker earlier. What was the thing on the sticker? The sticker says support before report, which means that parents with an intellectual disability should be supported. We, we should be supported, not reported to places like welfare saying, you know, you're unfit to be a capable and caring parent when really we're as capable as the next person. And supporting someone first oh, would, would help heaps. Why should everyday normal, healthy family get help or be able to do things for themselves, but we've got an, another class or another category which when no one in this entire world should be categorised. Ian also spoke about how he struggled to get the right to manage his own money and living situation. With support from Speak Out, he demonstrated he was capable of managing his own money and got out of a public trust. He explained some of the downsides of life with a public trust in the next segment. Having someone else manage your money, being someone with an intellectual disability is one of the reasons why I was put in there in the first place because, oh, you're incapable of, of managing your money and I was put that label upon me without, you know, people actually getting to know me. And so that's sort of my challenges and... You know, I want to prove to myself and prove to other people that I could do it. And I did with their help and I'm really appreciated and I love helping people. After you got the help from Speak Out, what, was, what were some of the really good things that you were able to do? This is some of the good things I've been able to do with, with getting help from Speak Out is having a nice units, managing my money better. I've learnt to save really well and since I've been working I've managed to save $2,000 and one really good thing that I'm really thankful for Speak Out, I have a 13 year old daughter who thinks she's like a 26 year old but at the same time I looked at her one day and Speak Out gave me this opportunity to do this work and I was getting up to go to work and I just said, right, that's it. I love my job. I love what I'm doing. I love helping people. So I walked down near the beach. I did a video, which I posted on, on Twitter. And I did it about giving up smoking. And the confidence of this job has given me the confidence to give up smoking. And that was something that was really hard in my life. Something else that's really hard for many people with an intellectual disability is being excluded from their community. Ben Alexander tells us about his time at school. He experienced bullying and it sounds like it also interfered with his right to an education. Just a warning, we're about to hear a bit about the impact of bullying. Thinking about school, how would you have liked it to have been and how do you think we can make it that way? Well, I think what could have been done more is that I was afraid to go to the principal of the school to tell him what was going on because I wasn't sure how they would help me but 
two years after I finished, they they did an inquiry into the school and they found that the head of the school was bullying the teachers and then and then that was filtering down to the students, which didn't surprise me. They changed the culture of the school and when I was there in 2010, just from an outside, I saw how much bigger the school had become with the more buildings that were part of the school. So I know that people like me that were bullied in the past helped them to have a more positive school experience for for the kids that are there even today. Bullying is something that comes up time and time again when we hear from self-advocates about the important issues that need to be addressed. Yeah, I, I agree, Hilary. I often hear it brought up. That's why I was so surprised only to find a couple of articles mentioning bullying, like Janet Robertson and her colleague's paper on substance use risk factors in JIDD. The authors found that participants with intellectual disability were more likely than their peers without disability to experience bullying or peer victimisation. Yeah, perhaps this area isn't well researched. One of the Intellectual Disability Australasia magazines in 2017 had a theme article on bullying. You should check that out on our website. We'll link to that in the show notes too. I wonder if we've missed anything. Tweet us and let us know if you know of any good research on bullying or any of the topics we mentioned. Finally, we're going to hear from Lachlan, who, like Ben, had some bad experiences at school. Lachlan, how did you become a self-advocate? So back growing up, I had been bullied quite a bit by a lot of people during high school. And a lot of my friends and family had always stood up for me. And it got to the point of where nothing was enough and I decided to start standing up for myself. By this point, two of my friends at the time had been bullying me without me knowing it. So I told them that I had enough of being their friend and that I wanted to make my own friends and who respected me for who I am. So that was the first time I ever stood up for myself. From there onwards, I decided that I wanted to start standing up, not just for myself, but for other people. But I wasn't sure how to do so at the time. When I got to the end of grade 12, I ended up getting offered by Our Snow Steps some funding to do a course with them. On the very first day of doing the course, me and my mum at the time got asked to go to a meeting. At the meeting, one of the managers told me and my mum about a position known as the peer mentor position that was starting up and that they were looking for the first ever peer mentor in Queensland. So you started the peer mentor training. What's been the best experience for you so far in the peer mentor scheme? I would say seeing a customer for the first ever time starting to stand up for themselves, for what they believe in, and feeling that they're equal and that they're a part of the community. There we go. More positive stories of peer support and self-advocacy. Well, that's it for our storytelling series from the 2018 ACID Conference. Let's wait for next year when we can have some more. But before we go, we want to acknowledge the voices we didn't hear at the storytelling booth for many reasons. Those who couldn't access the conference, it can be hard to get to and costly. Those with diverse ways of communicating and those who perhaps aren't comfortable or as experienced out in front on the microphone like many of the self-advocates we've heard from. 
We want to find more ways to hear your stories and plan to do just that in season three. If you have stories or ideas about how we might do that, please get in touch with us. We're really keen to hear your thoughts. If you know a group of people with intellectual disability who might want to contribute to future episodes, or if you have great research story to share, get in contact with us. You can find us on Twitter via the handle at acid underscore limited, LTD, and on Facebook via at acid.asn.au. This episode was produced by Ben Pawson, Sophia Tipping, Buffy Gorilla and Hilary Johnson. A big thank you to everyone who made the conference and this episode possible. Thanks to the ACID Board, Local Conference Organising Committee, Leishman Associates and the many conference sponsors. And an extra special thank you to the speakers and delegates who shared their thoughts with us. You can subscribe to the ACID Research to Practice podcast via iTunes, Stitcher or anywhere you find good podcasts. Or better yet, become a member and enjoy access to a number of publications and benefits. Just go to our website, acid.asn.au.